Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Under 17, not admitted without parent. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dead City Drive-In, the only podcast that does it to your mom better than Dimmy did. Oh, Dimmy, why you do this to me, Dimmy? <laughs> uh, I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Hogan. And we are the heads of programming in this year, Dead City. And in this episode, decreed by the higher-ups... Our bosses... The Drive-In Gods... We have once again been tasked to program a specially themed double bill. Uh, hey, hey, Chris. Yes. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Oh my! I'm I'm so sorry. I really I really don't know what came over me. Are you feeling under the weather? I, I, a bit. Yes. Did you projectile vomit on an alcoholic character actor? As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I yes. That, Levitating. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh! Yes, totally. Head been swiveling all nimbly pimbly. No, that hasn't. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I think I know what's going on here. Tell me, you cunting sow! Oh my god. Chris, I'm so sorry. No need to apologize. The devil made you do it. Do you mean Satan? Well, maybe. It could be a lesser demon, or maybe the soul of a serial killer. How is that possible? Oh, Brandon, Brandon, Brandon! Anything is possible when it comes to possession. Holy shit! I'm possessed? Somebody give me a Leslie Nielsen! The power of Christ can only compel what's inside of you so far. I think we just need to get it out of your system the old-fashioned way. Butterfly kisses? No, bitch! By programming a double bill of possession films! God damn, if only we had, like, a a podcast... Oh! (gasps) Wait a minute! And scene... Our special guest is the one, the only, the incontinent, Jack Holloway. (laughs) Jack Holloway is the artistic director of Hat Trick Theater. He is also a uh, teaching artist at the Marsha P. Hoffman Center for the Arts, which is on the grounds of Ruth Eckert Hall. And um, have I fucked anything up yet, Jack? No, it's perfect. It's perfect. (laughs) I'm a teacher, so I have to watch what I say on this. (laughs) Yeah, well, perfect. don't say the word fuck. Oh, shit. Oh. I fucked it up. No. Oh, oh, God damn it. Oh. Okay, yeah. it Re-edit hey, this. Jack, thanks for coming. Thanks for thanks being for here. Thanks for having me, guys. This is so exciting. You ready to talk about possession films? You better believe it. Oh, my God. You know, it, like, what a, what a fun... Like, how many movies are there that are possession... Uh, well, listen to me. I don't, I'm, I'm, like, I'm giddy like a fucking asshole over here. Let's just skip. Let's right. just skip. <laughs> when Chris told me the topic, I was like, "Oh, my mind jumped to demonic," and then I started going, "Wait a minute, this this kind of counts." No, wait. Okay, this one counts as well. This one, and then it starts. And then you up. cried. And then I cried. Yeah, well, you sent us a text, and 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 you you had like a, a very disparate list of films, but honestly, every single one of them. It fits like the checked bill. off the the boxes. It was oh, right. Yay. So hopefully, you only picked one. And committed to one mm-hmm. instead of a bunch. 
Um, no, anyway, I... But yeah, we'll talk about that. we got some other stuff we want to talk about with Jack, too, right? Before we even get into things? <clears throat> yeah, we do. Actually, I want to get a little background on this. What was it, or, or when was it, that the trench-coated pervert that is <laughs> horror cinema touched you for the first time? Uh, ironically enough, it was when I was a kid. <laughs> it was I was very young. Really? I was yeah, no. Um, I, and did you tell anyone? I I kept it to myself for you did? many years. And was there um, a doll that you know people brought out later on when they found out and so said Jack? Weird. Where did it scare you? Yeah. And I was like mostly in the eyes and yeah. the ears, and I pooped my pants. No, I I have an older sister, and uh, she used to scare me relentlessly, like every night. She had some classics where she would hide. Uh, she one time hid in my closet behind my clothes, and then, or no, it was in the morning. And when I went to grab uh, my shirt, a hand shot through, <laughs> grabbed onto my hand, and I remember falling over my bed. She would wait until she's the worst. She's a wonderful person. <laughs> she <laughs> sounds like the best to me. Yeah, she man. sounds great. You would love her. And yeah. the best part is she is like the sweetest, nicest person. Is she single? <laughs> she's, she's actually. This is great news. This is the first time I've ever told. She is getting married on uh, March. No, no. Friday the 13th. Oh. I was like, that's amazing. Good for her. She sounds wonderful. (laughs) I hope he's a great guy. I'll I'll see what I can do. Does he treat her well? Actually, is he a guy? Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay, okay, that's fine. I thought you were going to say she's getting a divorce. And I was like, yes, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's went from being a podcast to a podcast. But anyway. (laughs) Pull in the podcast. Um, No, but... uh, Brooke used to scare me relentlessly as a kid, and I I started getting like night terrors. I couldn't. Yeah. I hated the dark. I was petrified of sleeping alone. Are you afraid of the dark? I still. I'm scared of what's in the dark. <laughs> Just more darkness, really. It's you know, really. Yeah, I mean, if like, I can see it, I'm it depends like, on what room you're in. But you, you know, true. like if it's your bedroom, it's like a you know, there's like a dresser and a bed, and and then of course the whatever lives underneath the bed. Of course, <gasps> Howie Mandel. Oh my god! <laughs> but current Howie Mandel, of course, <laughs> bald. Hey, and really playing Yeah, really oh, playing into the OCD thing. Like he organizes your room and messes with your toys. Like, but I like I like my toys where they are. He's like, they're not. They don't go here. They go up here on the dresser. Straight line. Um, anyway, uh, he's our guest next week. So oh god, tune in for that. Please don't let him. Don't tell him I said it's great. I loved. Uh, Walk like a man. Yeah. Ooh, there's oh, there's a red oh <laughs> There you go. Oh my god. Oh, Are you that. a homo? Yeah. No, I'm a bobo. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, that's right. I just had like I just oh remembered that. Yeah, god. dude, I'm doing the exact same thing. <laughs> okay. By the Come way, on, dude. we're, we're ever... starting. We're starting a. As of right now, we are <laughs> officially like starting a Walk Like the Man podcast. <laughs> so make sure you tune in um, watch to it the every network week. Yeah. every week. We're well, gonna find I mean, a think about nuances. the wonderful tie-in for that one too, because we get um, who from Friday the Thirteenth. How do you know this much three? stuff? It's amazing. <laughs> I dropped the most obscure movie. Amy like, Steele, t- Part Two. Yes, Amy Steele, and she's oh, in Part Three too. She's also married to um, uh, somebody that created the. Uh, never mind. Forget it. Forget it. Drop it. I don't want to drop it. I love Amy Steele. Christopher Lloyd. So, so uh, I love Christopher Lloyd. Was he? He wasn't. He was in Friday the 13th was... Part 3. He played Jason Voorhees. What? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm very gullible. Yeah. And you get okay, so, so, yeah, so, so Brooke used to scare you. Yeah, and, all the time. and how did that get you into wanting to like 
be into like horror in any way. I so I was jumpy all the time, yeah. and uh, on cable late at night, uh, uh, I guess that was when I was around eight or nine or ten. I started I started trying to watch TV versions of horror movies, <laughs> kind of sanitized. So I watched uh, like USA Up All Night. Yes, you mean like with Rhonda Shear? Rhonda Shear, and Gilbert Gottfried. Tampa native, by the way. <gasps> Rhonda Shear. I worked with her. I worked with her a few years ago. Yeah, the you guys are the cool. <laughs> and then, uh, a little bit, a little bit later. Are they real? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Rhonda Shear's not real? No, she's a she's CGI. She's, CGI? she's Andy Circus plays her. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's Andy Circus yeah. in a <laughs> He's great. He's so versatile. Yeah. Um uh, and then I, I got into Joe Bob Briggs and uh, yes. TNT, Monster Vision. Monster man. Vision. Yeah. So I, I started watching kind of the sanitizer. Mm-hmm. I watched a lot of Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. but with the series, all the, uh, <laughs> a little bit of it. And then I was like, "Where?" I remember watching it, going, "Where's Jason?" Yeah. I, I, and I got really sad that he wasn't in it. I still do that every once in a while. I try to watch that show, <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, "What no. the fuck, yeah. man?" <laughs> So, do you remember, um, like, one of the first horror movies you ever saw? Do you remember? Oh, I, I think it was uh, Friday the 13th Part 6, which is one of my favorites. Okay, uh, yeah. Loops. And I distinctly remember, is it Tony Goldwyn? In the yes, Volkswagen? it is. Volkswagen Bug. Yeah, I and Tom McLaughlin's that. wife, Nancy, his wife, the director's wife. That, you guys are amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that scene, I was like... Okay, and I, I, it was my way of kind of acclimating myself to scares. Sure. And that's, that was the same, and then from there I just started watching more and more. Started, this was right when Tales from the Crypt is starting to come out, nice. and I watched a lot of those. So, uh, and then I just never turned back. I started liking more and more horror stuff, so... It was my way of dealing with my sister terrifying me. I just scared myself. <laughs> it was your therapy. Yeah, in a way, yeah, it really was. Now, when it comes to possession films, were, were you raised Catholic? <laughs> I uh, my mom was Episcopalian, so okay. Catholic light. Yeah. yeah, Catholic light. My dad was, uh, I believe, uh, he was Christian, um, and they kind of did. Religion wasn't really big. Okay, a big part. They had different. Okay, religions. so you were, you were a family of heathens. Yeah, we we were terrible, yeah. uh, uh, the worst. I do have a great. Uh, I slept over at a kid's house one day, and the next day they went to church, and they're like. What's your religion? And I, I was like, oh, my parents don't let. And they're like, you're gonna burn in hell. And I was like, oh, and that scared the shit out of me. I went home and I was like, what's going on? I just wanted to sleep over. We played the Noid video game that night. Oh, I remember that? Great. Well, just you are going to, hell. We're all going to hell. Yeah, I mean, that is its own. It was, it was a very big high and low. You like, were already oh, in hell at that point. Video game is great, and then oh, no, the next morning was really rough. So, yeah. So I, yeah, but. Uh, I guess I don't have that big of a history with possession movies. Like, they never really... I know Exorcist terrifies people, and it is amazing, but it never, like, the... the that never really got under my skin. See, it's funny because when I was... I, like, I, um, I was always afraid of, like, the abstract concepts in horror, like, when I was younger. So, it like, I was never really... For, I'll, I'll give you an example of this briefly. Like, um, in... We watched Poltergeist when I was very young. Mm. And I, I watched it with my friend. Yeah, I was very young when I saw it. My friend was uh, the scene where what's the dude rips his face, face off, off and yeah. turns into a steak okay. crawling across the counter. Uh, my, well, but it was the face ripping, right? My friend was so, he couldn't do, he was, he was done. Like he couldn't do it. We watched it asleep sleepover. He could not he do it. He looked at it and he goes, oh my God, Steven Spielberg needs to moisturize his hands. <laughs> ah! <laughs> touch, I just remember watching going, stop touching it. Stop. Yeah, just stop picking at it. Jesus Christ. Never gonna heal. But that was what scared him. But for me, I knew, look, I knew that it wasn't, 
I was like, well, obviously this guy didn't really rip his own face off. What scared me was the scene later on where they're watching the um, the ghosts come down the stairway. Yeah. And then they're filming it with, like, the video cameras. And then and it's just, like, this, it's, like, light, like, shooting down. And when they watch the playback, it's, like, men and women holding candles. And I'm, as a kid, that... The, the abstract concept of that is what like frightened me. It wasn't the ripping of the face. It wasn't like the the gore and the and the, and the monster. It was the fact that the room, the hallway, stretched really long when she's trying to run down it. Joe Beth Williams is trying to run down it. It was the abstract stuff. So like with possession, I was kind of it was weird because I was afraid of the visceral stuff. I remember accidentally you mean like the guts. No. <laughs> I love, that's the simplest way. You know what? We're going to do that from now on. Like, when we talk about visceral, like, the guts. Um, by the way, two-word combination I hate. Skunk guts makes me sick to my fucking stomach. Ew. Yeah, don't don't say it. What the fuck? <laughs> Where the hell did this Sorry, come from? We have been drinking bourbon. It's been a, it's been a few hours since we started. Um, Seriously, skunk guts? <clears throat> it's Chris. Stop saying it, Chris. Chris, you just said don't say it. Now you're saying it. But anyway, raccoon entrails. What the fuck, man? Now that gets me. Mm. <laughs> That's yeah. a nice. Ooh, I'm gonna become a radio DJ in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and do. Oh my god! If you just do that for the entire evening, it'd be great. So anyway, but like, so Brandon's th- gonna have a show. It's not smooth jazz. It's smooth jizz. Oh my god! <laughs> it's not smooth. It's chunky. Do you guys? You might want to um, see a doctor, man. Gotta get some water. <laughs> so anyway, Peter North would be proud. Possession oh, films. God. So look, let's we we do have a mission here. The, the our bosses are Chris are not going to be happy with us if we don't do this right. So we need to pick a good double bill. All right, all right. Now, Jack, we're happy to have you, but I think it's probably a good idea if one of us makes our pick first. Absolutely. Um, I think for our drive-in double feature, a great choice would be Amityville Two: The Possession. The night of February 5th, 1976, George and Kathleen Lutz and their three children fled their home in Amityville, New York, and never returned. For them, the horror was over. Their living nightmare shocked audiences around the world in the Amityville horror. But before them, another family lived in this house and were caught by the original evil. The Lutzes escaped with their lives But the previous owners weren't so lucky. Now, Amityville 2, The Possession. Ah! 1982, right? It's, uh, who directed that? Damiano Damiani. Yes. um, Written by... Tommy Lee Wallace, Tommy Lee Wallace, that's right. And um, starring James Olsen, Burt Young... Rutania Alda, Jack Man... I, I, I don't know if it's Manger or Manger, Diane Franklin. Um, Diane Franklin. Who else is in this movie? That, that's uh, Moses Gunn is in it, that's right. A family moves into their new home, which proves to be satanic. <laughs> <laughs> Resulting in the demonic possession of the teenage son. Only the local priest can save him. <laughs> that guy. And that's Olsen. busy. 
That is. That was is. In, uh, let's see. He was in Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was also in The Andromeda Strain. Oh, oh my God. That's right. He is in The Andromeda Strain. He, he the... plays uh, prick number one. <laughs> 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 Double diss. <laughs> so yeah, Amityville to the possession, guys. Now look, what? Does somebody you guys have something to say about it? Well, I'm actually kind of looking to see what other people have to say about this movie and everything. So um, here, here's a great review that came through by a guy named Mr. Six. And this was actually written uh, over 20 years ago. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Okay. All right. If you watch a movie like Amityville 2, The Possession, looking for a little insight on possession, exorcisms, murder, incest, and the other truths of home ownership, it must be hard for you to read this. What, with your head spinning around in split piece, split piece soup mm-hmm. spurting from your mouth? He, he did our bit at the beginning of this episode. I, I guess okay. so he did. <laughs> then again, Amityville 2 was no doubt written with you in mind. Lots of gore, sensationalism, special effects, and a priest who wields a mean crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like an exploitation film from the 70s. Yeah, well. <clears throat> but as far as entertainment value, you know what bug zapper hanging out on your front porch? It has more chance of scaring you than this tripe. Just pretend you're a mosquito. One star. And Polly, if Rocky only knew how you spent your off hours. Ooh. Well, Mr. Six, fuck you. <laughs> the fuck do you know? <laughs> Listen, okay, here's the thing. I, like, I, I have a couple of thoughts about I have a lot of thoughts about Come Amityville on, defend 2. Defend it, man. Defend it. I'm going to say this. Amityville 2 is an Italian film. It, 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 it's... It's an all-American film made by an Italian director. Like Troll 2. Yes, except for the fact that Troll 2 was also written by an Italian. Whereas this movie was written by an American who had an idea, a concept of structure and characterization and whatnot. But it's directed with all of the sleazy touch (laughs) that only an Italian Italian horror director can bring to the table. And I have a theory about why nobody talks about this movie anymore. And I'll get into that in a second. This guy mentions straight up, he talked about how, like, uh, Burt Young should be ashamed, whatever. Burt Young usually plays, like, these nice guys in movies. In this movie, he plays the... His performance in this movie is absolutely, insanely brilliant. He's... Very terrifying. In fact, the whole movie, it's... Look, let me just say this. I fucking love this movie. And I, I, I'm going to say this, too. How do you really feel about the this The Amityville movie? series... I, like, I don't think that... I think that the Amityville movies are awful. I really do. I, like, I think that all of them are t- are mostly terrible, except for this movie, part two. It's it's just... Part three. Part three sucks. Part three is so boring. <laughs> And, and but uh, but I, we'll get into that because there is something about this. All of the performances in this movie are absolutely Rock like joy, they're genuinely genuinely good performances. The creep factor like is immediate in the movie. There's like this um the very beginning of the movie is an opening shot of the house. The, and well, the it, house is always the fucking creepiest part. Of the except they series. they never use the same house after this movie. It's always something different, and it never quite looks the same. This is like that house in New York, and it looks creepy. All this fog and this uh, Lalo... How do you say his name? Lalo, Lalo Schifrin? Yeah, Lalo Schifrin. It's his score back again, and it's this creepy... La, 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 
la la. It's really creepy. It's a way to start the movie. The thing is, is it feels like everybody's kind of in their own movie. It feels like this Italian director just kind of let people do their own thing. But everybody's really, really, really good in it. They're just kind of doing their own thing. The direction is really good. It lets the actors play. It just... It would be great if it could find a way to get everybody on the same page. And that's kind of where, like, the laughability comes in, the, the, like, of the movie. Sometimes people are playing it really broad. Sometimes they're playing it really subtle. Um, so what are you saying, man? Are you saying that this is kind of like an Ed Wood-style thing? No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's, it's, it's actually a frightening movie. Seven minutes into the movie, and it, they, they, not even subtly, it's like incest. It's like this guy, um, Jack Manger, this, the, the lead, Sonny, um, is like having this weird flirt session with his sister, Diane Franklin, from uh, Better Off Dead and Last American Virgin. And it's so... It, it's seven minutes... in television, right. Seven minutes into the movie, and they're like talking about, like, oh, you're not my type. <laughs> but they're like trying to be like brotherly and sisterly about it. But it's like got this underscore of like just... It's just creepy. Creep. The camera work is incredible. It's got this like Evil Dead parallel camera work because the movie's what like eighty two, so mm-hmm. eighty one, I guess, is when they would have shot it. Yeah. Evil Dead was filmed in like what seventy nine, and then released in like eighty 81. or eighty one. There's all of this like wide angle, angle lens stuff and like push ins, and it kind of feels like Evil Dead. It like has this really like in your face Italian vibe to it. That's a- excellent. Um, but there's some really unnerving stuff. There's some really great long takes. I, like, I, honestly, I could jack off all over this movie. It, like, I could keep going. There's a scene in the movie where the uh, the priest comes to the house to, like... Rutania Alda, the wife, mm-hmm. is like, okay, there's already... The first day we moved in, there's some weird shit going on. But the movie follows the... the like you said, the construct of the DeFeo murders. Mm-hmm. And the son becomes possessed by this... De- whatever's in the house. And there's a... Truly, after all this character character building there's a scene where the guy the kid teenager whatever he is picks up a shotgun in the middle of the night and graphically murders everybody in the house and the movie still has like 30 minutes to go what happens then (laughs) then it's an exorcism where the priest like has to exorcise him and it's fucking scary the demon is scary there's some really scary camera work going on it's a genuinely trashy sleazy unnerving film um that I, like i just every time it, 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 it doesn't get, get talked about all kinds of rentals back in the 80s well i don't think it did and this really? is and this is what i'm going to say this is I'll, I'll quickly say this um the, like i i think there's a reason why it's not like fondly remembered or, or talked about and the reason is because if you were to look at the the vhs cover mm-hmm. of the amityville series you get Amityville, the first one, and it's like two 70s actors. Like when you were a kid and you were browsing the video store. It's like two actors that you're like, who the fuck are yeah. these people? Yes. Like, so on, dude. So, hey, that is James Brolin. No, I know who it is dude. now, but when you're when you're eight years old, you're like, uh, that doesn't look like a scary movie. Like holding like a broom or a They're just hug, hugging each other, looking right into the camera. <laughs> you know? And you're like, okay. And there's like the house in the background. And the house in the background. Yeah. Then there's the, the, the VHS cover for Amityville 2. It's just the house, and it's blue, and it, and and, yeah, but and then it's, you get fucking three D, and, and then there's house, three, and that three fingered hand three coming out at you. And you know that fucking cover scared me when I was a kid. Oh, I was absolutely. very well. Afraid if you turn of it. it over on the back too, and it's like they've got the fucking well that was in the basement. Yeah, the house, and the monster, and it's fucking Robert Joy attacking Robert attacking. Joy. <laughs> I know. Yes. Okay. So 
so three's got a great cover. Four is, uh, you know, it's it's just kind of dumb. All the other movies have like great covers for the most part. Amityville Two is the one that does. It's mostly text, and at the very top, it's like the house in like a blue relief, and it doesn't really look. And then I think if I remember correctly, it's it's Olsen on the back, and there's a little priest outfit, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah. And there's and there's a scene where he's blessing the house, mm-hmm. and the the holy water he's throwing around turns into blood. And there's like they, the Rutania Alda starts screaming, and it's this unhinged performance. Like when we were talking earlier about like unhinged performances, okay. it's absolutely unhinged. Everybody's performance is unhinged and insane, and it's glorious. But there's also one scene in the movie um, that I'll talk about as my final thing that I, like would br- I think bring the house down. The exorcism at the end is absolutely like disgusting. Where this little, this not boy, this teenage boy morphs into this demon and by ripping his face and skin off. And it's, incre- it's incredible. So Amityville to the possession, if you want to watch a 90 minute movie that seven minutes in, you're like, what the fuck? And then it never, it never stops. And it's, it delivers everything it's got. It's got titties. It's got gore. It's got unhinged performances. It's literally got everything that in 90 minutes you ever want to see in a movie. It's absolutely perfect. Amityville 2, The Possession, number one in the drive-in double bill. There it goes. Bam. Wow, you just threw that down. (laughs) Jack, what do you got, man? Oh, man. All right. Uh, uh, I I overthought this to the max. Uh, I was trying to think, okay, drive-in, something you want to be watching on the big screen. I thought 1988, Child's Play. Everyone knows most accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead, Miss Barclay. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so as terror. There's nothing nice about murder. And there's nothing innocent about child's play. Whoa, dude. Nice. Something something spoke to me. Uh, uh, I went, uh, of course I thought, well, I won't talk about the other things I thought of, but this one one felt right for a drive-in. It's a classic. Um, uh, 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 You've got, it's directed by Tom Holland, who did Fright Night, and episodes of Tales from the Crypt. The Langoliers. The Langoliers. (laughs) And I just found out he did Thinner, too. It's like, right. I did not know he directed that. Written by the late, great Michael McDowell. Throwing that out there. Anyway. Guys, literally know everything. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, humpadink, humpadink, humpadink. Yeah, we're also very lonely. Yeah, mm-hmm. you got each other. Yeah. Um, but this is this is the uh, uh, classic '88 killer doll on the loose. You've got possession. You've got uh, you've got an amazing. Uh, we talk about unhinged performances. I don't think there's. I would be willing to say the best unhinged actor ever is is Brad Dourif. Um, oh like my god, watching him in anything. I, and he seems like such a... Now, there are unhinged actors that you go, oh, they're crazy in real life. And that, like, Gary Busey seems like a blast, but is also like, oh, he is bug nuts crazy. <laughs> Brad Dourif seems like... Uh, down to earth. I mean, down to earth guy. 
And then all of a sudden you see him in Exorcist 3, you <sighs> see him yeah. in Child's Play, and you go, this guy is channeling something through him. He is phenomenal. He's done. excellent. He's it's, excellent. He's one of my favorites. And I, he... he and obviously, as that movie proves, he does. He goes above and beyond and does like great voice work too. Yes. You know, yes. like yeah. like you can see, and and some of the stuff that comes through the voice work is equally terrifying. Yeah, um, uh, uh, coming after Andy at the end when he's all charred and he's screaming at uh, uh, Miss Barkley, uh, "Let me have the child and I'll let you live." You're like, Jesus Christ, this guy is. It is. It is like the devil is coming after your kid. It's terrifying. So that's uh, that is my. He's pick. a good guy. He is. He's the. He's a great guy. He's a good guy. A good guy. Good guy. It's weird because a lot of people, you know, at this point, think about Child's Play as, you know, this very Shocking. kind of like um, campy, intentionally yeah. campy. What I love. Uh, one of the things I I really dig is just the slow, that kind of slow burn. Turn up the dial yeah. on. You know, in the beginning, they never really frame it. Well, no, there is some suspicion that. It could be the kid. It could be Andy. Yeah. You know, the the best friend falls out the window, and they're like, "Well, there were footprints on the." And they they, they rule they it out. Small. They, they were small footprints. And she, the mother's. So I love the idea of kind of the paranoia of the mother not knowing what's going on. Catherine Hicks, amazing. A little like that's the other thing. The cast, and then uh, um, of course, Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon, who wow. uh, with Tom Holland in Fright had Night. done Fright Night yes. just a few years earlier. So cool. Yeah. And he uh, he finally got to play a good guy. Yeah. The, thank, the detective. Yeah. And he's great. He's wonderfully charming. He He's yes. excellent. I want to read, Jack, I want to read a review. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. I want to read a review. Yes. Um, this is what the public says about, uh, oh, at, at some point, the public has said this about Child's Play. Um, the heading of the review, this is by Bleak21. Gave it one out of ten stars. One out of ten stars. Because he thought it was number one. I just want you to... <laughs> but I just want you to think of the worst movie you've ever seen. Okay. And then I want you to think about Child's Play. It's, that's not fair. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> like, why? This guy needs to watch more movies. This is his review. Okay. This movie was so, so, so retarded. <laughs> I mean, oh he's got gosh. me there. He it, said retarded. It was hardly considered scary. A doll kills people? Please, how much more stupid can it get? I don't think that the sequels were that scary either. Maybe if they didn't have him come back to life every time he was killed, it might actually make some money and be somewhat scary. <laughs> the seed of Chucky was the least scary. Britney Spears? Well, whoever wrote this movie has some serious problems. At first, I used to be so scared of it. But then it kind of hit me that it was retarded. Because it's not realistic at all. Maybe they should make a reproduction of this movie. A scary one? Until then, I guess I'll just have to live. <laughs> this is, I, I have so much to do. Wait. Oh, wow. he just has to live. You know what I'm really curious about? I want to I wanna check out the... Uh, the, the the reboot, not reboot. Well, yeah, the the retelling. the Mark Hamill one. The Mark yeah. Hamill one. Yeah. And what if Bleaker's like, yes, oh my god, yes, robots. This makes sense. Now this, now now, now this, we're talking. Now this is scary. <laughs> robots are real. <laughs> you can't do a, a weird Haitian voodoo. That's bullshit. Oh my like, god. Oh well, my but yeah, robots, robots. That's it. Look, AI is. You I, know, I love that we are now in the point where it needs to be more realistic. Oh boy, <laughs> and that you know what that I think is fantasy needs to be more. Real. Oh God! I need more real fantasy. One of my favorite things. I, I think this is. I, I can. I can talk to Mister Bleaker. I think one of the things is that uh, uh, the the rules. The rules of the movie on the surface. If you were to say it's a movie about a killer doll, 
yeah, it can sound a little silly, but once you see Brad Dourif's performance, instantly, the moment I see him, I go, yes, I buy that this dude has studied weird occult stuff. Yeah, he's worm tongue, dude. Come on. He, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm like, this guy... Saruman probably helped him out with this shit and said, hey, dude, I need like <laughs> a spell that's going to like possession. move me into the... Yeah. By the way, I love that every time Brad Dourif gets like really into something, he starts crying. Yes. You ever notice like tears just like pour yes. out of his eyes? It's just like... But his eyes incredible. get wider. He's such a great... He's, he's, he's really absolutely wonderful. Good. But what you're saying is... Child's Play mm-hmm. is a possession movie for yes. you. Yes, yes, for, for me. And that's, you know, when initially I heard possession, I, I instantly went Well, why demons. does Chucky want Andy? <gasps> well, oh, that is a, a, the, the, his, I, I forget his name, the voodoo guide of Charles Lee Ray mm-hmm. tells him the, the rule, and I love, I'm a big fan of rules in horror movies. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the rule is, the first person you reveal yourself to as being alive, that's the person you are able to to possess, to jump into. That is the rule. And so now, Charles Lee Ray has got to jump into Andy. That is the only option he has. So now it becomes this, it's almost like the Terminator for a kid. It's this thing coming, unsto- almost unstoppable force coming for your kid. Well, the way it's presented in the first one is that way. Yes, yes. yes. The, the fi- and I would say the 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 jaw-dropping, the thing's going to bring on is the feet. The final act is just, it's a monster in a house. It is yeah. it's Chucky on a rampage coming for Andy. There's a shot in there. I watched it today, and it is unnerving. It's after Chucky gets thrown into the fire. And they did a lot of stuff. They did animatronic Chucky's. Thank you, this Kevin is, Yeager. Oh, my goodness. Who is, by the way, married to Catherine Hicks. Goodness. Yes, I did know that. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just found out, I think, Brad Dourif and him just met like a few years ago. What the fuck? I don't... Brad... This is really cool. Uh, Brad Dourif, they let him record all his lines, uh, I guess, first, and then modeled the movements of Ch- uh, of Chucky around him. They wanted to know exactly Oh, for how, what? For the first movie? Yes. Yes. How he was going to say... But I guess Kevin Yeager and Brad Dourif never really met until like 2012, 13, 14. That's kind of strange. Crazy. Right, like, yeah. You guys should get together. Say hello. You're both amazing. I was going to say, as um, the makeup supervisor on that, too, wouldn't he have had to do some of the shit? Because, I mean, all the stuff that happens no, he, in the store, the warehouse... Mm. No, he wasn't. He was animatronic supervisor. Oh, he just he just, just strictly, strictly Chucky. I'm sure I they could had somebody be making else. This all, I mean, I read it on the. No, you're probably that makes sense. No, it sounds right. Mean, it sounds right. It's not like they needed to do like face casting or you know like. So I get it. I get it. Right. But but so um, you, you like starting from the scene where Catherine Hicks <clears throat> realizes it doesn't have batteries in. Dude, yeah. such a yeah. like that is such I mean, a bites simple, her fucking arm. It's yeah. Such <laughs> a, also, I, it reminded me a little bit of uh, of the thing. One of the reasons I love The Thing so much, uh, The Thing never reveals itself until it's kind of cornered. Caught. Until, until it's until, caught. And that's yeah. why I don't like the, uh, I don't think anybody does. Well, no, that, that's fair. Uh, uh, the, the, the prequel, sequel. What are you talking about? That movie is the best fucking movie of all fucking goddamn fucking time. Did you hear fucking Blumhouse has got the rights to that? And they're going to be doing a fucking reboot of that as well? Oh, God. But the idea of, um, of Chuck, the reason that, you know, Chucky reveals himself to the mother is not like, I'm just going to scare her. He knows he's caught. He knows, like, 
Shitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, she knows I don't have battery in me. Look, gets her to scare, drops him. He is smart. He is only revealing himself to the kid because he's going to, man- he manipulates this kid. He's trying to get him to, uh, he's manipulating the kid and then only reveals himself when he is totally caught, cornered. Same thing with the cop. Uh, he, he plays it low key until he's in the back of the cop car and he realizes, I gotta take this fucking gun out. <laughs> and then right. it's, what, he grabs, I forget what he grabs. So he's choking him out in the back and then, uh, uh, Chris Sarandon flips the car and then there's the shootout where he's upside down in the car you see these little legs yeah. skittering around the car yeah. you're like this is fantastic I, I love how Chris Sarandon plays it too he he plays it he's he's like so incredulous like, yes at a certain, he's just like what what the fuck it's great it's great <laughs> like the, the balance the, the tonal balance is like is pretty solid because yeah. and, and what's interesting is like nobody in any of the sequels that followed, nobody was really able to hit the tonal balance because yeah. the, they had to lean into the camp. Yes, and yes. I don't, I really don't think it was necessary. They just couldn't really quite figure out like how to get the actors to play it without going like, huh? Yeah, and I think that might be that's another beautiful thing. Like, I don't think there is a better way with all the performances, uh, Chris Sarandon. Uh, uh, Catherine Hicks uh, and, oh Andy Barkley the actor shoot he's a wonderful kid actor uh, yeah, Edward Furlong <laughs> <laughs> he's amazing <laughs> um, uh, hasta uh, la vista Chucky <laughs> <laughs> Alex Vincent that's Alex it Vincent, that's who it. comes back for, in, in Curse it's yeah, a, right? he's so cool he's got Chucky's head in a safe and yeah. he's still tormenting him after all yeah. these years like, this poor bastard he can't have a life you would really you should check it out you he's really should. Got, it's it's surprisingly got, good. It's surprisingly good. But imagine like Chucky still tormenting Alex Vincent after all these years, and he's got him locked in a, in a like a severed head and like in a he's safe, like, and he's just like putting cigarettes out in his face. Yeah, he he uh, <laughs> he just went out. Andy Barkley went out on like another failed date, and he comes home and he's like, "What's the matter, Andy? You fucked it up again." And so, and he can't. You know, he knows he can't kill this thing, so he's like, he's just going to contain it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Brad Dourif. Oh, thank you. I, I always thought it was Jack Nicholson when I was a kid, and then I was like, "Oh, he doesn't." No, it's Christian that. Slater. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! But um, it's just the performances, and I think you're right—the tone. Like, yeah. if you were to say it's a movie about a serial killer who puts his soul into dolls, yes, yeah. Mister Bibble Bobble, whatever his name was, that does sound silly on the surface. Mm-hmm. But look at the performances, the direction, the effects. I think that's a that is a, a fun, amazing, fun time at the. Dude, drive. it's probably millennial. We've got. Two slots, guys, for this double feature bill, and there are three of us in this room, Mm. and we have one more pick to hear from, Mr. Chris Holcomb, (gasps) Hello, my partner in crime, what is your pick? I'm going to go traditionalist. If we're going to be doing a movie about demonic possession, or any type of possession of that form, I think that we're going to have to go to 1973's The Exorcist. Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. The world of darkness. Nobody expected it. Nobody believed it. And nothing could stop it the one hope the only hope the exorcist 
going to have to have some William Peter Blatty in there. <laughs> We're going to have to have some uh, Jason Miller in there. We're going to have to have some Max von Sydow in there. Some Ellen Burstyn. Who else? <laughs> Did I miss anybody? <laughs> Who's the girl? Oh, we got we got we got a uh, uh, Lee J Cobb. Oh, Lee J Cobb. <laughs> That's the, pretty the adorable. Lee J Cobb. Lee J Cobb. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then that wonderful actress from uh, Repossessed. 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 <laughs> what was her name? What was her name? Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. No, 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 no. Linda Blair. Yeah. Listen, I'm William Friedkin. Throw all these names. In. Chris, you, the Exorcist is to me the greatest, hor- the greatest horror film ever made. But in my opinion, it's one of the greatest American films ever made in history. I agree, wholeheartedly. I, I mean, like that's why I picked that stupid uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, t- okay. Tell me about the Exorcist. Well, the Exorcist was based upon the novel by William Peter Blatty. And, uh, you know, Blatty's got a lot of other great stuff out there. Let's see. I mean, he was a comedy writer before he did The Exorcist. Yeah, he was struggling also, for a big hit. There's also The Ninth Configuration, which he did. Excellent film. Excellent, excellent book. Excellent. I have it right over here yes. in hardcover. And Blatty also wrote Legion, which later on became Exorcist 3, which also he directed. Also excellent film. Great. Excellent film. And actually, I was kind of torn on this one. It's like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to pick The Exorcist or Exorcist 3. If you cut out all the Nicole Williamson, you know... All Father Morning shit and everything. Which, I kind of like it stuff, though. Well, yeah, I know. Well, it's like it's a movie called The Exorcist 3. They needed to have an exorcism in there, even though it was something that was not really dealing with exorcism quite the same. It's just way. a little talky. I mean, it's I love the talkiness. It's well, great. Once again, you got Brad Dourif in there, too. You know? Yeah. Dog, yeah. Good. I can see a connection forming. <gasps> and I think you guys are going to turn against me. I can see it happening now. No. There's a connection. No. Yeah, but I'm actually picking Exorcist 1. Exactly. Exorcist 3. Oh, okay. right. Oh, holy fuck. <laughs> so, sorry. We're going with Exorcist 1. I'm, but I've been drinking. He's back in it. We are. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a classic. It's an absolute classic. You know, everybody's heard the stories about how people were passing out in the aisles and having miscarriages because they saw the Exorcist. Do you think it's true actually, or do you think that's kind of like a William Castle-esque well, like, way you know, of... I think that there was probably a little bit of hype where they probably had one or two incidents that happened and they said, hey, there's no such thing as bad press. And so they wound up actually kind of extrapolating and you know embellishing on, on these types of uh, stories and everything. But the book is practically perfect. Mm. Um, Blatty did the screenplay for the film as well. And you know I think he was able to trim... I don't even really want to call it fat because, you know, I don't think there was a whole lot of fat on the book as well. But, you know, being two completely different mediums and everything, too, I think the judicious cuts that he made served the film well. You wind up getting the same type of of character development, which I think is probably the most important part of this movie is that, you know, you have to care about these people. And you do. I mean, you care about Chris McNeil. You care about you care about Reagan McNeil. You care about Father Karras. Um... You know, Father Dyer, you care about him as well. And um, and really, you know, I think, you know, you really care about Pazuzu. <laughs> and I think you really get to know who this character is, you know. and a wild you know. one. Well, listen, there's not everybody would agree with either of us about how great this film is. And I, there's no end to, like, I, if the format of this podcast weren't us surprising each other with our choices... 
and we could spend the time doing the research and we could find these reviews, it would be wonderful. But there's some people who really think that this movie is no good. And I'm gonna read. Um, I'm gonna read one for you right now. Can I now. ask one question before you do that? Yeah. Okay. Is there a published date as to when this review is written? Yeah, the year 2000. Okay. Which would have been when the movie was re-released in theaters. This is from Dicey Dice. <laughs> I hope this is Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> one star out of ten. Based on these fucking turds. <laughs> we know women don't do possession. They're already possessed. Hey! Hickory dickory you know, I mean, when I when I lived in L.A., he was the first uh, celebrity I ran into. I was getting my car washed. He was at the same car wash. And I walked in front of him. He was trying to watch Judge Judy. And I walked in front of him. And I looked over. And, and I like did this like head nod. I was like, oh, hey, what's up? And he, he gave me the most annoying, like, get the fuck out of my fucking way. I'm trying to watch fucking Judge Judy here. Aww. He just did this like. What the fuck you doing? And I was like, oh, sorry, Andy. He was my wife's uh, neighbor in Brooklyn. Oh, really? You guys have an Andrew Dice Clay connection? (laughs) Hey, she she said supposedly that that Andy Clay Silverstein always had the best candy at Halloween. Uh, I bet. I bet he did. He had the best candy in L.A. Let me (laughs) tell you that. One star out of ten, Dicey Dice says, it wasn't scary. I watched this movie with great anticipation because everyone told me it was really scary. But when I got through about 20 minutes of the film, I got bored out of my mind. It wasn't scary at all. Most of the movie was just the women talking to a doctor or a priest. (laughs) The women. (laughs) And women talking to doctors and priests isn't scary. When I see a woman talking to a doctor or a priest, I don't run out the room screaming. You know why? Because it's not scary. It's boring. And so was this movie. Oh, snap. <laughs> I, I wonder if the guy went any further than 20 minutes. Like, no way. I'm out. I'm done. I figured I with this kind of so woman funny. here, if she was in my kitchen, she would burn the meatballs. And that would be scary. <laughs> Chris, if there's one scene from The Exorcist that you feel like could still to this day... Now, I have watched this movie with a crowd of, like, cynical people. Easy. Shut the fuck up. I'll tell you right now what the uh, scariest oh, scene in that movie is. Yeah. Is that when they're giving her the whole fucking, like, MRI kind of uh, cat skin thing, and the blood starts squirting out of her yeah. neck. Scariest scene in the entire movie. But for you? No, not for me. But that, that you're, you are absolutely right. That scene brings the... That scene makes everybody flip. It's because I think well, we can all relate it's, to it. It's the juxtaposition here of, you know, how does medical science deal with one type of problem? And then how does, you know, religion and philosophy deal with the same type of problem? Yeah. And that's really what we're kind of dealing with this entire movie is that, you know, the doctors are absolutely stumped. And what happens with anybody, you know, today, and I, I know that, you know, in my life and everything, and with my wife and I, there have been medical things that have popped up and we've never gotten answers for it. You know, it's like, it's it's obvious that something is occurring. You've got not just symptoms, but, you know, there's something manifest there that cannot be denied. And yet when you're confronted with medical science telling you, well, we can't find anything wrong. Hmm. We're, we're not saying that, you know, you're, 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 uh, you're not having, experiencing something, but we can't find anything. 
So what's the next thing that you kind of broach there? You're kind of like, am I fucking crazy? Which, I mean, even really kind of, you know, jumps into this whole thing too because the whole idea that, that demonic possession, or at least what for so many years the Catholic Church called demonic possession, you know, were manifestations of mental illness. And... You know, that was kind of a, a horrifying thing for me. I mean, it's it's another one that's kind of like slow burn, you know, very kind of dreadful horror experience. It's also one of the greatest fucking movies ever made. Well, that's true. I, I, like, if you, you know, it's it's just incredible to me that how, how what we take for granted now, like from a filmmaking perspective, mm-hmm. there's a shot in that movie where... They're all downstairs on the first level of the house, the three-level house, mm-hmm. right? And all of a sudden, they hear this like crazy banging, and they run up the stairs, and the camera follows behind them all the way up the staircase, all three into floors, her into her room. Now, here's the thing. We're sitting here, and we're going, yeah. Most people are going, like, yeah, what the fuck? Huh? Where's Black Panther? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but the fact of the matter, like, I don't see fucking Killmonger jumping around on a subway train, electric rail, whatever the fuck they're doing in that movie. Like, but the fact of the matter is the movie was made in 1973, or released in 73. They didn't have a Steadicam. They didn't have a way of of making a just giant, bulky film camera that can only roll for 12 minutes at a time. And also makes a lot of noise. I don't know if you guys have heard a 35mm camera. It's loud as fuck. It is loud. They had to build the stairwell, okay, as a a set. The whole movie, the whole interior of the house is a set, by the way. It's not a real... It's a set. Okay? That's how real it looks. They put the camera operator in a a, a seat, like a saddle seat. And they had this giant crane on the third... floor of this thing and they pulled him up as he like spun around the stairs they had some guy like push a, a camera assist guy like spinning him around the stairs the shot took like fucking four weeks to film <laughs> and it's like it's literally like six seconds of the movie and that's how they made this movie and like when you think about the scene where um, she grabs the psychiatrist's balls, <laughs> you know, and he does the like that psycho esque yeah. shot where he like oh the camera follows him Whoa. as he falls back. They built a rig, this sawhorse rig, and they put the camera on it and they put these like weights. And we call it the ball shot rig. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like incredible. What's how is that happening? Is that the devil pushing my microphone away Ooh. like that? I'm not touching the damn thing. Dude. So anyway. The Exorcist, Chris. I mean, how can I deny the fact that that's it's like the greatest? Well, let me kind of add something to this as well. I'm going to add you two words right here. Those two words are Dick Smith. You know who else doesn't get the credit and was involved in that movie? Who? Rick Baker. Yeah, that's all fine and good. Yeah, that's that was before they had unions that were like everybody's. Did Smith and and, uh, uh, did and of course, if you go through and ask Rick Baker, Rick Baker will say, "Who's the greatest makeup man that ever?" Dick Smith. Dick Smith. I think that is the best old age. It's it's incredible. Well, you know, every special effects makeup artist has their speciality. Mm -hmm. Okay, Tom Savini's the Godfather of gore. Nobody does a blood gag like Savini does. Okay, Uh, Rick Baker. Nobody does Apes. apes like Rick Baker. Okay. Dick Smith is known for old age makeups because if you think about Little Big Man, 
uh, Amadeus, which he got the Academy That's Award right. for oh, and everything. Uh, he also did David Bowie's Old Age That's Makeup right. in The Hunger. That's right. Which, honestly, with all due respect, Jack, and stuff like that, I think David Bowie's makeup in The Hunger is a better Old Age Makeup than both uh, F. Marie Abraham's in Amadeus <clears throat> or they had, Max They had Zito's. different materials at that point. Yeah. You know, they were moving forward. But, I, yeah. But, you know, he is, he is known for so his So fuck you, Jack. Okay, Piece be, of shit. I'm going to give you on my way out. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's good. But, you know, it's just, you know, Dick Smith is known for his old age makeups. And then, of course, all the things that he did to innovate makeup as well on this particular film. All the help me that is appearing on her. Like, you know, they would paint fucking paint thinner on the foam latex chest and then blow it with a hairdryer and that would make the blisters rise up. The uh, the whole rig that they did for the pea soup vomiting uh, where he actually went through and he, flat created, tubes. he created flat tubing that he would put underneath the makeup so she wound up having a mouthpiece. It was almost like a bridle that she would yeah. put in her mouth and basically there were two flat pieces of tubing that they would pump the pea soup through. A nozzle right run here. run through the nozzle and then shoot out from between her teeth. Um, and which actually that was not I was about to say it's it Eileen not, Dietz yeah it's Eileen Dietz that did it who had the who sue did the Pazuzu that's right makeup face that's as right. well um, see that now here's the other thing like I, honestly we were making a joke about some, I don't even remember already like some movie we were like well we're gonna do a podcast about that movie I, I could do uh, we could do a limited podcast about The Exorcist starting from the like novel the conception of the novel all the way to th- this year 2020 or 2020 and like the whole history of it, you know, we could talk. I, there's so Including much to talk that really about. Really horrible Paul Schrader Exorcist movie, and then the recut of that movie, which is. <sighs> I got. I mean, I could talk about the extra. We could talk about the Exorcist fucking for weeks. It's so easy. Um, well, guys, we got three excellent picks. This is not going to be easy, and I think that the best way to break the ice is with um, a little bit of a game. And this is a game that I like to call. Guess the tagline. Okay, so the way this game works is I've got a I've got several movies here, and I'm going to read three different taglines. One of the taglines is the actual tagline from the movie. The other two are bullshit. Okay, and I want you guys to guess. The winner of this um, game gets one million dollars. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, and by the way, I, w- I will also just say that these are all possession films. Okay. okay, so this isn't just like random. This isn't like Caddyshack Two. Guess the tagline. The tagline is Chevy Chase is back with a fucking earring this time. I don't know if you guys you like know Rodney that. Dangerfield. Here's Jackie nope. Mason. <laughs> oh. We change one Jewish comedian for another one, but we got Jonathan Silverman. Oh boy! All right, so here we go. Guess the tagline. All right, guys. The first film is Witchboard Two. The Devil's Doorway. Three taglines here. This witch is a real bitch. Or is it... Warning. Don't see it alone. (laughs) By the way, all of these are terrible. (laughs) Or is it... Knock, knock. Who's there? Pure evil. Ooh, I like knock, knock. I think three, three. three, Both of you go three? Yeah. The correct answer is, warning, don't see it alone. (laughs) Jack, I will split 50-50 nothing with you. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Okay. 
Did you come up with the other ones? Yes. There, you should, yeah. <laughs> Keep that. That was a nice tagline. Okay. Uh, my own pick, Amityville 2 The Possession. Is it? Is the tagline for Amityville 2 The Possession, if these walls could talk... <laughs> I haven't said it yet. I think that's a Brandon one. <laughs> that feels, that feels Is like it? If these walls could talk, they would shriek. <laughs> or is it house for sale, lakefront views, friendly neighbors, death? <laughs> or is it buyer beware, you're in for a scare? I oh oh great Jack oh, great choice I think I gotta go uh, option two house for sale house for sale okay Chris option, option one the correct answer is if these walls could talk <gasps> they would shriek option My. one I thought that was straight up you that felt, that felt like a Brandon answer when I read it I thought so too yeah, <laughs> if these walls are shaking your bones don't come a bacon <laughs> <clears throat> all right here we go. 1999's Stigmata. Oh, what a... Yeah, no. Is it? She was never a saint, and now she's definitely a sinner. That sounds like a porn. Mm. Or is it... Is it a sign from God? Or the mark of the devil? Oh, I like it. Or is it... It'll scare the hell into you. Jack? I think it's the second one. You think it's, is it a sign from God or a mark of the devil? Sign from God, mark of the devil. It's a nice little Chris, I'm gonna go with two you're going to go with two. Yeah. The correct answer is... A million bucks. It'll scare the hell into you. Oh! We are, now, wait a second. Are you looking at, like, the, 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 the tagline for, like, the Canadian or Mexican markets? I, I, I'll put it this way. There, I pick movies that have several taglines. Uh-huh. Okay. I see. And I pick the stupidest ones. <laughs> That's definitely the stupidest one. This is more about like having fun than you yeah. giving you guys a million dollars out of my own bank account. That's true. <clears throat> but one of you will win a million dollars. I feel kind of chipped. Here we go. You got one. Exorcist the beginning. Ooh. Okay. All right. Is it what was once old is now new again? Ooh. Is it this ain't no ordinary sequel? Oh my gosh. <laughs> or is it a Rennie Harlan movie? The director of Cliffhanger, <laughs> Deep Blue Sea, and Die Hard 2. I'm going three just because yeah. I like it. That is the correct yes! answer. <laughs> I just love the fact that somebody was like, please. Please see the movie. It's from the hit maker of uh, Cliffhanger and uh, Deep Blue Sea and Die Hard 2. You guys like, yeah, come on. Please see this movie. Cutthroat Island. No, don't talk about Cutthroat Island. (laughs) (laughs) Was that racing movie with Stallone driven? That was later. That was was post-Exorcist 4. Can you think of, like, seriously, Cliffhanger. Deep Blue Sea, Die Hard 2, Exorcist. Which one of these doesn't quite? <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 4. Well, and that is, an, it is excellent. I love that movie. Okay, two more, guys. Beyond the Door. Oh, shit. 1974, Ooh. starring Juliette Mills, the sister of Haley Mills. Is it Demonic Possession Lives? 
and grows and grows and grows and or is it your bed has been made by the devil (laughs) (laughs) or is it the good news is you're pregnant the bad news is with satan <laughs> Jack, I'm, I'm hoping it's three. Yeah. Oh, going hoping, for three, I'm okay, really Chris. It's three. <laughs> I want it to be three, but I'm going to say one. The correct answer is one. All oh, right, Chris. Chris. Okay, Chris is taking the lead. Little... I think. Oh, goodness. All right. Last question, guys. Here we go. This is from a recent movie, uh, The Possession of Hannah Grace. Oh. Okay. Here we go. The Possession of Hannah Grace is the tagline for this piece of shit movie. I, I mean, this movie. <laughs> The most frightening thing about an exorcism is what happens next. That 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 tagline doesn't make any sense. No, the, the most frightening thing hey, about hey, an hey, exorcism. Fuck you. Uh, oh no 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 no! I'm just saying, like, you know, it would probably the exorcism is the scariest part of the exorcism. No, the most frightening thing is about what happens next, according maybe to this movie. I mean, I guess. So, which is scarier, being basically taken possession of by the devil? Or being touched by a priest? Oh. The devil. Okay. I can handle the priest. I've done it before. Here we go. <laughs> Second tagline. Is it... We have... The most frightening thing about an exorcism is what happens next. Then we have... This autopsy is going straight to hell. Or is it... Someone call a priest. <laughs> Too late. <gasps> <laughs> Just based on your read, I'm going three again. Yeah, you're going with three? Too late. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I like it. Are you going, what about you, Chris? I'm going to go with one again. You're going to go with one? Yeah. Um, the correct answer is the most frightening thing about an exorcism is what happens next. Chris Holcomb. Again, but I, I have to disagree with that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Like, you know, okay, imagine you go to the, the you know, you watch Exorcist, yeah. and then there's a movie about Reagan, like, oh, I'm okay now. Yeah, it's called The Exorcist Part 2, and that is not the most frightening thing about an exorcism. <laughs> I was possessed by a demon once. It's okay. He's gone now. Oh. Okay. Here's, uh, here's, uh, Richard Burt. Richard Burt. Possessed yeah. by another demon. But I want you to picture the, this third tagline because this is where I was coming from when I wrote it. It's the, my favorite line in Men in Black. The, the monster has swallowed Tommy Lee Jones, yeah. who has also retrieved a giant laser gun. And, um, it's roaring in front of Will Smith. Yeah. And Will Smith goes, Best step out my face before something bad happened to you. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> It's I, not as good a line as <gasps> some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate up. Oh my god, that's my favorite. That, Chris, that's my favorite line in a movie ever. Oh my god. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate up. Oh, Ew. And they're like, oh, should we tell Wesley that, that we that, can't we can't use skating? I can't look. What, I, I don't know. What, what is anybody ice skating? What is what, what the it, fuck is he talking about? Ice uphill. <laughs> Someone call a priest. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> That's great. What, are, what are the greatest like uh, send off lines in your opinion? What what are the well? That's the worst. That's the worst. Best step out my face. Too late. You can see Will Smith struggling in that oh. scene. It's like I, it's the funniest thing. Best send off line. Here's your sub zero. 
Now, just, just plain zero. zero. <laughs> God, I think what that's a, my favorite. Yeah, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, we're gonna stick with Schwarzenegger on this uh-huh. one, but nice. hey, Sully, remember when I told you I was gonna kill you last? <laughs> I lied. <laughs> so good. Oh my God! All right, well, Chris um, Holcomb, you are the winner of one million dollars. Um, however, you want the bills. Um, you tell you small denomination. Quarters. Quarters, nickels. Oh, Jesus Christ. I knew it. $2 bills, please. I I gotta go. Oh, my gosh. I have have a Coinstar account at Publix. I (laughs) need to use it, okay? (laughs) All right, here's the part of the podcast where we come to our final decision. Now, here's the deal. Whatever movie ends up getting... Please. Whatever movie ends up getting... (laughs) Jack? Sorry. (laughs) I think we should invite it back anyway. I know. All right, you're you're our official if new can, third host. If, if, we, if we can get him unstuck from the chair, <laughs> I have to take this with me. Whatever movies end up getting picked, by the way, do get slammed away into the vault of forever. Yeah. We can no longer pick these movies if our bosses, the driving gods, mm-hmm. decide that we need to have another subgenre that's even remotely similar. That's it. That's it. This is it. There's only one opportunity for these movies to get seen. So whatever doesn't get picked is fair game. This one, these bottom two, bottom two, <laughs> these two, final two are, are it. So well, it's like normal reality television where there's going to be like a good 30 seconds of just like looking at each one of dun, our faces. Dun, dun, dun. And the next chosen film is... Fart Party 7! (laughs) (laughs) Tune in to Fart Party 7 on 93.3 FLZ. Morning show radio host on the Fuck You Log. Fuck you, you fucking piece of shit. You like tuning in, driving to work? Fuck you. Be back with Tuna Sandwich and the Beef. (laughs) Tuna Sandwich and the Beef? The beef or bees? You, know, you say way. bean or beef? I, I went for beef, but I like beans too. <laughs> I like too. beans too. Be- beans in the beefer. Tuna sandwich in the beans. beans. The beans. Just put eating uh, ninety-seven point <laughs> six. Fuck FN. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so let's go around the room and let's start. Is and it tuna sandwich or tuna sandwich? <laughs> I, no, I like. I'm gonna amend it and say tuna sandwich now. Huh? Tuna said you listening to 94.7 FLZ with tuna sandwich and beans. <laughs> there he goes again, that crazy son of a bitch. Hey, you ready for the Friday morning fart song? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, I hurt. <laughs> So, let's pick. Let's do our final decisions here. We've got... There's only two movies that we're allowed to play mm-hmm. at the Dead City Drive-In, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And while I love all three of these flicks, unfortunately, one of them has to go. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this is a tough choice for me. I want to go around... I, I, I don't want to start. I want to I go ahead and... I want you to... Chris, I want you to start. I want you to pick your two. All righty, so... What do you think is going to make the best double feature? Uh, so, yes, I'm going to have to choose The Exorcist because I just don't think you can have a possession theme without The Exorcist. Okay. Um, I'm going to say The Exorcist and... Oh, Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> the suspense isn't killing anyone. People have stopped listening. Absolutely, I have. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm at a loss here. I, uh, do you mind if I? Do you mind if I jump? Yes, I do I, mind. I, he I, has to pick. Oh shit! Sorry. Yeah, no, it's I'm picking. Yeah, he has you'll to get pick. your chance. You to shut the fuck shut up, up, Jack. I was just trying you to only be nice. Guess. <laughs> it's, uh, okay, fuck you, Brandon. Uh-huh. Child's play. All right. Oh, snap. All right. Fine. So that's now. Can you give me the order? Which one's going to start? Oh, we'll start with Child's Play, and then we'll get into The Exorcist. Okay. Jack, what do you got? I have not seen Amityville 2, but you sold it to me completely. I'm going to throw my own out. Because I think, what I'm thinking, if it's Possession, these probably your strongest chance for Amityville and The Exorcist. And you're just saying that because it's called Amityville 2, The Possession. possession. (laughs) Sure. But I would say, I would say... Probably start with Exorcist, and for a nice chaser, go uh, go Amityville too. Damn, this is what a nice guy Jack Holloway is. Hey, he, he fucking so, throws his I, own I, title no, no, under the well, bus. Well, because I was like, ah, you can come back to Child's Play. Chuck <laughs> not out, but you sold me. You sold me on uh, on uh, Amityville. Now again, I haven't seen it, but just watching you describe it, I'm going to be watching it like this second. I, I hope you do. It's going, ex- it's on, I am going and to. we'll get to this in a second. But okay, all right. So I've got to tell you now, my turn. <laughs> Stop the presses. The Exorcist is one of my favorite movies of all time. There's just no way around it. Can't pass it There's just no way around it. I just my thing is is I just don't know if I could do that in a theater. I you was, know what I mean? Like I just don't, like in a drive. I'm sorry. In can in you can you Dead watch City it in drive-in. a drive-in? Like can you watch The Exorcist in drive-in? Well, the, the answer. My family did. That that's what they did. I have stories with my family who like saw the movie in the drive and were terrified. My uncle scared my mom, like mm-hmm. d- like popped them with the face like so I know it's possible and it is kind of like a drive in it is like a drive in movie. Mm-hmm. It has the same beats, but for me, my problem is the exorcist demands to be seen in the most regal in an art house. I'm serious. Oh, yeah. I want I wanna see the exorcist where everybody shuts the fuck up yep. and just like literally lays down at the altar of the film. True. So for me, I my pick is Oh god damn it, I can't argue that. My my pick is Child's Play and then my own pick Amityville 2. I I think I would probably go with um Amityville 2 to start just to get people to go like cuz I know it's one of those ones where everybody's going to be like talking talking chitter chitter and then they're going to go what the fuck? And then we get the good delivery with Child's Play where he was like, "Yeah, I came here for Chucky." Yeah. So, what does that mean? That means we got oh, two man. for The Exorcist, mm-hmm. two, two for Amityville. No. You said oh. Child's Play, and I said Child's Play. I said Exorcist and Amityville. I think, we, it's, is it 222 two, two, all the way around? Yeah, it's 222 two, two, all the way around. We need to, you're, you know, your wife helped us out with the mathematics of this, she and did. she fucked up, because that's not right. Somebody... Th- well, she's at the goddamn door. Go get her. I can't interrupt. <gasps> oh! oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> so what are we picking? So what? So wait. So if it's 2-2-2... Well, two, if, two, two, if, if I can... I, I, this is something I wanted to ask you guys about. If this is a drive-in setting. Yes. This is, this is at a drive-in. It's the Dead City Drive-In. And obviously, you, you can watch The Exorcist wherever, but I agree with Brandon. That's one where you want the most... 
I want to be in a theater. More popcorn. I, I, more. You know what? I will. I will bow down to that. That's this I, is Jack being passive aggressive as fuck yeah, and picking I his want own my movie. Back, and I think the first one just to be nice. <laughs> fuck you guys. I'm gonna go up. I'm gonna play. grab a hold of some of his beard <laughs> and I'm gonna pull some of those whiskers out. Oh, that's great. Okay, say, we, well, this is the and price you pay. We don't have to. No. no. Oh, oh, don't, oh, we don't know. No. If you guys don't want it, we don't have to do it. Let's still look. Have any movies. Would you be getting a blowjob in the bathroom at a premiere of The Exorcist, or would you more likely be getting a blowjob in the bathroom that's playing Amityville 2? Well, you know me, Chris. What do you think the answer is? <laughs> well, honestly, probably wouldn't be a blowjob, it'd be a handjob. That's right. It would be, yeah, exactly. Okay. Your wife points at yeah, me. Your I, wife I, just gave me a thumbs up on that one. <laughs> She All right. knows you too well. So our, our our choices are, at this point, Child's Play and Amityville 2, The Possession, for our second, uh, or for the, uh, the the double bill for the drive-in, Dead City drive-in double feature. Okay. Now, does anybody know where we can watch these movies? Is, Jack, do you know? Where is Child's Play available uh, to watch? Child's Play is available, I believe, on Amazon Prime right now. Really? Streaming on Prime, I believe. Okay. And I know for a fact that Amityville 2, because I just watched it for the... <gasps> Second time this week <laughs> is available to stream on Tubi, Tubi. and Pluto TV. Um, okay. So fuck you if you haven't heard of it. Uh, and also Tubi and uh, Pluto sponsor us. <clears throat> that is also uh, that is uh, another morning radio DJ show. Yeah, uh, oh, Tubi and Pluto. Yeah. Tubi and Pluto in the morning. Hey. Hey. all up in your anus. <laughs> 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 Well, that about uh, wraps things up here at the Dead City Drive-In. Uh, we do have screens to repair. We have ads to create. We've got jizz to mop off of. <laughs> That's what we always do. We always do. But it's undead jizz. Oh, boy. Yeah, hey, do you guys agree or disagree with our double feature? Um, smash that subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Hit us up in the comments below. Let us know how we can be better at this podcast. Give us five stars on Apple or Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs> Mom. Aww. Something tells me we are just asking for it in this one. <laughs> well, on behalf of our wonderful guest, Jack Holloway, thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you guys for having me. This thank was you, amazing. Jack. Thank yes, you, guys. We enjoyed having Jack here. <clears throat> My name is Brandon Windish. My name is Chris Holcomb. And this has been Dead City Drive-In. And uh, until the next episode, we were supposed to come up with an outro, and I didn't. I think your outro should be different. Just every different time. every time, and, and just you trail just off. Like, we just slowly it, fade it, out you as gotta, we talk. The music fades yeah, up. Right. The outro. Keep it scary because scares. We scare. You gotta scare Spook, them up. Spooky scares. Spooky scares. scares. Also, uh, my social security number is six three two one. Under 17, not admitted without parent.